Welcome back to another episode of the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Wow, we're on to the next round of the playoffs here. Kyle, what's going on? How you doing? Always feel good after a win, so it's nice to see us come out on the the proper end on Saturday. Um, and as you and I kind of talked and you know shooting the breeze with the guys, I think we're uh, we got a lot of room for improvement still. Um, and you know, it's playoffs, so you're going to get everyone's best. So I think, you know, there were some things I thought we did pretty nice and there are some things that obviously need, uh, some correcting. And I think the guys are going to get back into the lab and, and get, get to work. So a lot to, a lot to be happy about, I think. Yeah. Kind of, you know, what I said in the blog was anytime you can win by 28 points, rest your starters for a lot of the fourth quarter and still, the coaches have a lot of stuff to work on this week or to bring up. Uh, that's pretty good. That's, that's kind of what you want. You know, you don't want, there's not going to be complacency this week. That's for sure. I agree. You know, uh, I think the guys expect a lot of themselves. It kind of, kind of see that and how they carry themselves, especially with, you know, the, the pace at which they play the game, you know, if it's defense and guys are pursuing or if it's, um, you know, offensive linemen getting downfield, trying to get to second level. If it's the receivers trying to do their 111th and run their route um, on the front side and backside the same. I think, you know, there's a lot of pride. And uh, I think we got guys on the team who uh, who are going to hold themselves to a higher standard. And I think they realize that even though we uh, we put it on Holy Cross, that's expected of us. Nothing against Holy Cross, but really doesn't matter who we play, which I've started to listen to, you know, uh, Logan talk about uh, the team as a whole and his postgame pressers. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to, mm-hmm. to catch mm-hmm. him, but he says there's something different about the team and there's a different vibe and like everyone really like actually cares about each other. And you hear that that mouthed a lot across the nation. And, and sometimes you wonder how how true it is because I mean uh, you can have guys that care about each other um, you know, in between the lines, but you know, hopefully it carries off off the field as well. And it seems that these guys actually have a genuine appreciation for one another. Yeah. And I've, I've commented on this multiple times, the, the pure joy you're seeing when guys run off the field after making a big play and, and from their teammates on the sidelines, like, you know, you see that a lot, like, you know, high fives, chest bumps, that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, they're just like jacked this year. Yeah. You could, you, you probably couldn't see this on the broadcast, but they had the uh, red shirts and inactive players up on the uh, deck of the Dicos uh, or not the, yeah, the, the student athlete center. Um, and so they were up on the deck there and they were all dressed in gray. That's what, I don't know. They, they didn't have any logos or anything. It didn't look like, um, and because they can't be on the sidelines for playoffs, right? But they were so engaged in the game; it was so cool to see. Every time there's a touchdown or a big play in that end zone, the the players on the on the on the field would point at them or something, yeah. and they would just go nuts. Like it was yeah. so cool. It was just a, uh, it was a uh, simple, wholesome kind of just cool yeah. to see that type of energy coming from the guys who aren't even on the field or they have to be away. And, and that was pretty neat. So there's, yeah, there's something lot, different this year. There's a lot to be excited about, right? I mean, yeah. you, you beat a team 31, uh, 31 to three um, and you left points out on the field. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously you got your younger guys watching in the wings, literally watching in the wings over the Sheikwin champions room, probably right, right off yep. that bal- balcony on the D sack. So getting to see, your opportunity, right? Your heritage, right? I, I kind of, that's been a little bit of a, my mantra on Twitter, um, which you got my Twitter handle now because StreamYard has unbelievable features and so does Anchor. We we use multi, multi-faceted tools here with the, the tech world, but no, it's really cool to see those guys get equally excited, right? They're, they know that their opportunity waits in the wings if they capitalize on it and they're trying to follow in the footsteps of a lot of these guys. So it's It's good to see. Yeah. Definitely. So let's dive into some uh, some rants and raves. Uh, we can, you know, give our impressions over all the game as we go along too. But um, rants and raves, Kyle, you were watching the broadcast. I was there. Um, what what overall did you think as you were watching the game? Yeah, just some rants, man. Like you're in you're in the media world, and you have one job: try not to call us San Diego State. You know, 
just try not to. I mean, it's so it's so easy. I joked about it. South Dakota has one electoral vote, I think. And uh, but at least they're a state, right? San Diego, great place. Love it. Beautiful weather. But it's not a state. So try to attempt to not say San Diego State. I, I recognize the Aztecs um, have their own history and legacies out there uh, on the West Coast. But South Dakota State is trying to build their own now and trying to build their own as a number one seed. So we need to get some of that respect. Um, there's been quite a bit of shade unintentionally, I would say a lot. Um, but I mean, you know, if anyone wants to say they're slept on, I've never seen uh, a number one seed get get kind of sh the shoulder that they're getting now. For instance, there was that. I got to get my, my other rant out on this. Trey Lance is a redshirt freshman. He's, he's a great player. He's going to set the world on fire. He's going to get an opportunity in the NFL this weekend. But he was a redshirt freshman when he won the trifecta, the the newcomer of the year, offensive player of the year, and freshman of the year in the Missouri Valley Football Conference in 2019. Mark is a true freshman and did that. All right. And they kept saying, they kept equating Trey Lance and his accomplishments with Mark. And it's just like, man, you couldn't even get that right. So, uh, but they, they did correct it after the fact. And then they did a nice little nugget by stating that uh, Armani Edwards is the only other person hmm. to well the only other he's the only person to have won a national title as a freshman at Appalachian State so that was really interesting so to do things um, you've never done you got to be willing um, to to you know do the little things and and I think that these guys uh, have that um, have that mantra you know in repeated over and over and just to be themselves and it seems like they're just being themselves right now so yeah yeah I, th I think I've seen that uh that hashtag surface uh, that just says be us. Be you us. Know, I yep. think I saw that. So that's pretty cool. I like that. So I'm going to start with a, a rave this week and uh, it goes to the running game and uh, the 605 hogs. I'm repping yes. this shirt today uh, because of that performance yesterday. I thought, you know, that I, I tweeted this in the second half. It felt like they could get five, six yards anytime they wanted on the ground. And you know, I was a little bit nervous because of their defensive line was very similar to what UND brings to the, the table. Yep. And UND did not make us, you know, we didn't look good against UND. We couldn't run the ball effectively against them. And I don't know if our offensive line took that as a challenge or they're just riding such a wave of momentum right now that they've had since the first Southern Illinois game. Uh, but they, again, controlled the line of scrimmage and are, are – a running game, uh, what we had almost 300 yards or over 300 yards again on the ground. Uh, yeah, just truly impressive performance on that. Yeah, so good work, good work, hogs. Unbelievable um, job. Yeah, my my first rant, and I think you and I uh disagree a little bit on this, is uh, in the secondary. I, I was pretty concerned by a number of in the first half, especially the number of open receivers that. Holy Cross had running across the field. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, I, I I really think their quarterback, you know, he misfired on a few of them and just mm. didn't see him on others. Part of that's due to our defensive line, uh, just not giving him time to truly survey the field and set his feet. Um, but there's going to be offenses ahead that, that have a better offensive line that are going to slow our pass rush a little bit. And if they do, we have to be in the secondary, um, making sure that we're passing guys off across our zones uh, that we're not getting our, you know, too too fooled um, by the play action in the backfield, that we're knowing our schemes, whatever it is. I, I, you know, I'm not in the huddles, I'm not in the meetings. I don't know what they, the plays were called, um, but I do know that guys were open. So, <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, that's that's one of my raves. We got to figure or rants. We got to figure that out. Yeah, no, I I think the the area where I diverge a little bit is just I think the secondary did a pretty good job. I think the safeties could could play a little bit cleaner. And what I mean by cleaner is, is a lot of times they're really biting hard on run action. And uh, I think sometimes as well, the the linebackers were getting sucked up a little bit way too much on, on some of these plays because uh, yeah, I there was a younger backer. I don't really want to throw, throw him under the bus, but um, he doesn't get a ton of time, but he needed to carry his man deeper on one. It was an errant throw, but the, the, Re receiver um, was streaking across the middle a little bit and he just didn't carry him high enough to the safeties or continue to carry him. I don't know if he had middle third. Um, but the thing is, is like 
exactly what you said in terms of uh, a rant, you know, you, you're going to have to make sure we clean those things up, um, you know, going into some better competition because Holy Cross, we knew they were run heavy, right? We knew they were run heavy. We knew they were going to use some UND-ness to try to um, create some offense through the air. But at the same time, a couple of those plays weren't even that, weren't even that uh, nuanced. They were pretty vanilla, pretty basic plays. So the good news is, because I'm a silver lining guy, um, the good news is you never want to peak game one. You know, you never want to peak game one in the playoffs. If you, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, it was three years ago now, we were at, uh, we had UNH at home, New Hampshire, and we piss pounded mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely piss pounded them. And I was a little nervous in that game. And uh, then we, we, you know, show up uh, to James Madison the next week, albeit that that was an excellent team, as we found out. Um, and we turned the ball over like mad. So yeah, I think those are those are just things that that happen and you don't want to peak early. So I'm optimistic moving forward, they'll get that corrected. That's fair. All right. Uh Bradley Coning right here. Uh great point. Special teams uh had a blocked field goal, recovered a muff punt, uh punt that landed inside the one, gave up no big plays. Uh, absolutely. That's, Perfect. <laughs> this, this is, right this there. is what we're looking for. You know, if, if we can win, um, the three different phases of the game, I think Logan said it in his post game, uh, you're not going to lose if you win all three phases. No. And we definitely won special teams yesterday. So that was huge. Great point, Brad. Thank you. So the next thing, um, that I had, um, at least for, uh, for a rave, I guess, yeah, with special teams there. Um, I think the uh, the chain gang, I mentioned them just in passing just a little bit. Uh, our defensive line, uh, just incredibly deep, the number of players they trot out there. It was cool to see Jared DePriest get a sack there in that fourth yeah. quarter. Um, you know, one of those guys that uh, is just right now battling the depth, the depth chart. I mean, he's a huge, framey young man. He was a three-star recruit for us, had offers everywhere. Um you know, if he keeps that up and, and shows that kind of burst, uh, he'll be just fine. You know, uh, Ryan Van Morrow looked good out there yesterday. Um, you mentioned Caden Johnson is yes. someone that stood yep. out to you. That's so, exactly I mean, these what are, I was going to bring up. These are guys that are further down our depth chart that that are flashing, yep. and and that is just so cool to see because that that chain gang man they run a lot of bodies through there, and if they can stay fresh and look like that, man, good luck. Yeah, indeed. And, you know, Stig talked about it in his post game too, that he loves seeing, you know, young bodies get on the field so they can get experience. We can keep, um, you know, the, the, the guys that we need to depend on for three and four quarters of the game consistently, we can make sure they're fresh and spelled and, and obviously start to build even more depth. I've, I've never seen a team as deep as South Dakota state has right now. I've never seen it. And usually you don't see it at the FCS level. And a lot of the teams that have been able to build a depth, I mean, Matt, you were on this train before anyone. Look at how deep uh, our roster is and look at how well we've managed the roster, especially considering what you look look at across the nation. And you have the trans, transfer mm-hmm. portal effect. And then you now you have the, the no penalty transfer option. Um, so yeah, excellent job to the staff. Excellent job executing um, one of my raves that I want to sprinkle in here would be to clean up passing efficiency, not necessarily, not necessarily, you know, throw for 500 yards. Cause I like the balance we, we uh, showcased, but I, I need to see in the second half in particular, um, I, I need to see a little bit more deliverable balls to the running backs. Um, and I, and I want to see, you know, I, I'm not, obviously when you got a deep ball open, great, but I like missing them long because if you miss them long, live to fight another day. You don't hurt yourself. And I think that's more of a function of just Mark being amped because we've mm-hmm. never called on a quarterback to run as much as we have with him. Um, mm-hmm. And you've, we've never seen so much exclusive RPO um, opportunities throughout the course of a game. So, you know, again, not peaking yet, not peaking yet. Yep. yep. And, and I know you were asking about the wind and stuff and it was definitely not like a top 10 windiest game ever, but it, it, it it came and went. It was really weird um, how it would uh, – the, the flags were completely still at times, and then you'd look up and the American flag is is straight pointing to the north, 
but the the field goal post flags are straight pointing to the south. Like it just, <laughs> it, you know, and it it just swirls and it comes in through that northwest gap between the the yep. S Jack and the stadium, and it, it's really funny how that wind, what that wind does. So yeah, um, yeah, my my uh, rant here. This is this is a doozy here, Kyle. Um, so you remember that final drive of the first half? Mm-hmm. You know, when you play at home, you're supposed to have, uh, you know, some of that home cooking and stuff mm-hmm. that people talk about. Well, um, first down, Jack started at what, 16, 17 yard line. First down, Isaiah runs it for eight yards. Jack's, you know, don't get the first down, so they call a timeout. Uh, didn't use much off the clock there. Next play, uh, Mark to one of the Yankees for 10 yards, I believe. Um, clock should stop. It's a first down. Yep. The clock restarts when the ball is spotted and the chains are set. The clock barely, barely stopped at the first down and kept ticking. And Mark had to spike it with, what, three seconds left, and we had to attempt that ridiculous 63-yard field goal. Yeah. Um, like, I, I just was pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty – flabbergasted that <laughs> that even the ref didn't notice like because there's yeah. no way that that 13 seconds could tick off the clock from when Jackson got the first down or one of the Yankees got the first down and the next play it, it when Mark sna- uh, snapped the ball like it just yeah. it, I don't know it drove me nuts no, and that yeah, that's, that eventually it didn't hurt us yesterday but eventually it could, you know, yeah. plays like that where every point matters in a tight game. Yeah. So, yeah. and you know, that's a product too of, of not getting a lot of repetitions during the regular season schedule in terms of the spring. Right. So we had that's our, true. our Illinois state game. I mean, we, we hadn't had a home game since March 7th, right. Or so. Yeah. Um, so, or 13th March, uh, Somewhere yep. in there. March 13th, March 7th, something like that. Cause I think we played Southern Illinois in Carbondale on the 20th or so. But I mean, uh, regardless of all that, you'd think the head official would have the wherewithal to say, Hey, uh, I, you know, you'd think he'd be checking the clock and understanding situation too. But sometimes, you know, like you said, you just chalk it up as didn't hurt us. And hopefully moving forward, the officiating uh, starts to peak alongside uh, yeah. what we, ha- what we have going uh, in blue and yellow as well. Yeah. Speaking of officiating, let's talk about penalties here. And this going back to that, uh, you know, quarterback run as well. They finally busted out the Tebow pot pass. I know. know. I saw that. Finally. And then a penalty. He was covered up. Mm-hmm. Uh. No, no, not covered up. They <laughs> was it? Too many, yeah. What happened was, is I think the timing got a little disjointed. Like Mark was I don't know if he was deciding like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to run this too, because he could have, but uh, one of the offensive linemen just kind of kept driving his man downfield a little bit too far. I can't remember which number, but so legal man downfield, uh, ah, but it okay. was, it was a pretty looking play just a little bit off in terms of timing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. The ref yesterday, the mic in the stadium was a little tough to hear. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Dang. I mean, we've been calling for that like a car off of this quarterback power for a while now, and they finally run it. I can't imagine. I can't imagine what Kojak said up there. So- <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And there's a couple more wrinkles that I see de- starting to develop and unfold with some of the successes we've had that you can add on as another layer. And I'm like, I'm super excited to see if, if it happens. We haven't needed to go to it, but uh, it's, it's cool. Uh, we've got some things in the pipeline if we need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's go to this. Cause I think this is something we go back and forth on a little bit too, Kyle. Okay. Uh, this is from Mike. Uh, I still struggle from time to time with how basic our D is. We have so much talent on that side of the ball and dudes that can bring it and corners that love to hit. I would love to see a more aggressive scheme from time to time. Thanks, Mike. Uh, appreciate your support and stuff on the blog too. You do, you do a lot. So um, I think, you know, we've talked about this this year. Um, in terms of aggression and and blitzing, I don't think we're very good at it this year. Um, mm. You know, the, our timing is not quite right yet, and, and that could just be a function of having some younger linebackers out there. Um, Logan uh, yesterday did register two sacks, and I'm not sure if he was in a spiral or if he was just um, using his instincts of of knowing when to pass or you know drop back or knowing when to come up and chase that 
you know, Sluka, the really athletic quarterback. Um, but he did get those two sacks, and that last one was just whew. um, but I don't know. I don't know our aggression. Um, like I I think we I, I don't know, we've we've brought in that NASCAR package, um on obvious passing downs. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really think that I mean it's a good question. Uh, I, I don't really see it as an issue, to be honest. I, I think we've sprinkled in and added more layers to the defense in terms of, um, you know, adding more nickel type bodies in there when we needed to situational or even not situationally and just trying to do what we want to do and force the other, uh, the other team's hand. I do think that you hit the nail on the head. I think there's timing issues with our blitzes and now like, you know, playing defensive end or what we used to have in our defense called rush. There's a lot of things that go into blitzing that are very different from the high school level, right? Not only responsibility and who's got who, um, but primarily timing. It's an art and a science. And you start to see them time up blitzes a little off. Um, I I did notice we threw a cross blitz in. I don't, I can't remember all the way back. That's like almost 15 years for me now, but um, I can't remember uh, if we had a cross blitz in our base schemes when we were um, installing in fall camp, but now to see that kind of sprinkled in there, you you put stuff into your game plans that are going to help you against the opponent you're playing. And if you do something exceptionally well, you're going to run it anyway, regardless of opponent, right? Northern Iowa is notorious for running the clock, the cross blitz, and they did it great with LJ Fort, a guy I played against who's in the league and has had a nice little career and, he was damn good at it. And, you know, you mentioned Bacchus's sacks. He, you know, when you start to see upperclassmen, um, a lot of times their pursuit plays can look just like a designed blitz or, you know, just because they're just their motors going and they have a knack to get to the ball. And I don't know if those are blitzes or not, but, you know, you can also always when you get these young guys talent and we continue mm-hmm. to make long runs in the playoffs, when you get these these young guys, not talent, rather reps, you can develop that talent and you can start to add more wrinkles. So I think maybe that's more of, of the approach, you know, develop the young guys, be able to add more wrinkles into your defense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at some of the young backers that were out there, uh, obviously Bach, um, but Spalding came in for the second half and I think finished with three tackles. Um, Matt Barnett played. Yep. Um, Peyton Schaefer was out there and then Savion Williamson. So, I mean, Cal, that's a nice little it. stable there of young backers. So, uh, pretty cool. The the one thing, the one wrinkle that you mentioned, or that I think you were mentioning, that I thought was awesome, and I texted just to make sure that I had this right, was we had four safeties on the field for one play. And it may have been more plays, but it, yeah. but I was watching, and I saw I saw Manchigaya, I saw Griff, and then I saw 25, Kale mm-hmm. Reader, right mm-hmm. up tight on the bunch. Mm-hmm. And then the announcer says, and Isaiah Stalbert with the tackle and there's Isaiah running off the field. So yep. four safeties. That's pretty cool. I like that. We're uh, rolling in some of that wrinkle, especially uh, a team that had nice skill, like yeah. Holy Cross or a quarterback that was going to scramble at times. Mm-hmm. And with the physicality that Isaiah plays with, especially in run fits, I mean, you, that's nice to be able to have as a weapon. And, you know, he's still an underclassman. He's a sophomore. Yeah. So to have his, his ability, um, you know, in run fits, but also be able to develop him in, in covered situations. And then also, you know, obviously Griff um, is good at, at playing the run. And then you got Mancha guys leading the conference in picks. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and almost had an opportunity, had a couple opportunities yet on uh, Saturday to be able to up that figure. So yeah, ex- expect more of that. But again, with all those safeties getting played, that's good. Cause honestly, I think they, we, we got to clean that up safety play. I think we need to clean up, not calling anybody out. I just think that, you know, you can never get beat the way we're getting beat. Maybe that's the linebackers carrying them more. Um, either way, uh, it'd be mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Hey, so any more rants or raves you'd like to add Kyle, uh, before we move on to players of the week here? Uh, I want to I want to rave. Not that it really matters coming from us too much. Not to sell ourselves <laughs> short, but Jaden, Jaden Yankee, you know, because it's let's let's put ourselves in his shoes for a second, right? Like your brother plays earlier than you do, uh, with significant time. Um, you're growing up. You're probably always getting compared to your brother in some form or fashion, and all you do is go about your business, go about your work, and continue to improve and get better. Had uh, had uh, kind of a 
uh, a knee slapper early, early, earlier on in the year um, that he was probably disappointed with himself in and just has continued to excel. Um, I joked around like with the, the group thread that he's stealing souls with his jab step. Cause man, he's done that yeah. a couple times in consecutive weeks and is just, just leaving guys jock straps on the field. Um, so it's, it's been exciting. So I wanted to give a shout out and a rave to him uh, as well. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, I'm, I'm glad we have those two. Oh yeah. And then uh, one more uh, rave, uh, you know, probably didn't show up a ton in the stat sheet, maybe got an assist a, of a tackle or two here and there, but like you said, Caden Johnson, mm-hmm. um, his ability, his bend and his burst uh, off the edge, I just really like. And I think there's a lot of promise there, especially with Tolu being an upperclassman, um, creating, you know, our, our biggest production from the edge so far this year. And then having Quentin as well uh, be able to develop, that's going to be nice to have in our back pocket. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to players of the week here. Um, so offensively for the blog, I went, uh, we didn't even mention him once. <laughs> I went with Isaiah Davis. Yeah, uh, man, that kid is a freight train and I am so excited to follow his career. Like mm. I, I, I think everything that you hear about him is a quiet young man that goes about his business, works incredibly hard. Um, and you see it, you know, on the field, he just, he reminds me so much of Zenner and how he carries himself on the field, how he has that one cut run hard ability. I don't know. I, I really enjoy watching him. And then the six Oh five hogs again. Uh, none of this happens if they don't block how they're, how they're blocking right now. So, yeah, no, those are great picks. I, I definitely, uh, Isaiah had 15.6 or 15.8 <laughs> average yards per carry. Uh, 10 carries, 156 yards. So, um, so it'd be 15.6. And uh, obviously, you know, that was a really beautiful, I mean, that's a clinic tape on his 60 yard touchdown run because he showed patience, patience, patience. The backer, backer got caught up in the wash and then the safety took a bad angle, but I still think that safety was in over his head, especially with Isaiah hitting that hole the way he was, he was either going to get trucked and Isaiah was going to get 20 yards or he was going to house it, which he did. So, Patience to it and burst through it. Love seeing that. And obviously, you know, another guy we don't talk about too much. We should highlight for this upcoming mat- matchup is Pierre. Pierre strong. Uh, his patience, man. His patience and what Coach Stig says, I'll just continue to echo. It doesn't look like he's trying that hard. And obviously he is, but it doesn't. He's just so smooth and effortless with his running style. I don't know that we've ever seen that at the FCS level. I haven't. Um you know, mm-hmm. Eastern Washington had a guy similar to him a while back. Was it Taiwan Jones? Maybe that sounds for that sounds familiar. Yeah, played yeah. with the Raiders for a little bit, but man, he had a lot of he had a lot of like fluidity in his movement. Very similar, um, a lot mm-hmm. a lot smaller than Pierre. Um, but you know, it'll be great to have him because he did not play in the Southern Illinois game. So that's going to yeah. be a nice nice weapon to have at our disposal. Yeah, yeah. I you know a lot of the, what you just described. Uh, about Pierre there was things that Ben Sen- Ben Fennel said off air about him. Nice. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Good job, Cal. Uh, <laughs> defensively, um, you know, I think you could give it to a number of guys. I went with Logan Backus. Uh, that that last sack that he had, <laughs> that just blew me away. And uh, I, I posted the gif of, uh, you know, from Anchorman after the fight scene when, when they're <laughs> sitting back in Will Ferrell's office, uh, Ron Burgundy's office, and – rehashing it and Britt killed a guy and, uh, <laughs> and, and that's what I last night when I was trying to describe this play to my wife after I got home to still pumped up about it and that, that's the first thing that came to my mind um, but what an incredible leader you know you watch the post-game press conference as well with him and it's just it's hard not to like him I know. you know I, man like the 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 passion that he plays with on the field and then to be able to step into a press conference right after and be that like introspective. I, yes. I don't know. Like, no, he's just, a smart guy. You know, yeah. he's clearly smart. He's, he's astute, pays attention to the stuff, not only what he has to do, but he sees the development of his players. He obviously, you know, one of the things that I, I learned from just mentors and great coaches like Stig and others, I, I got a chance to be around is each one teach one, right. You, you know, 
Coach Stig and Coach Rogers, they can only do so much, right? So if you buy in and you develop yourself, well, then you'll be able to take accountability and rub rub that knowledge off onto other people, right? And and start to ingrain it in the youth in your football team. And you can see that when he speaks about his young players, about Adam Bach, for instance, mm -hmm. how he just runs like a gazelle and he, he soaks up so much. And, you know, a lot of guys will talk about, you know, your 40, your bench, your pro agility, all that stuff. But football IQ at the end of the day, you know, it is is an X factor. And mm -hmm. Coach Rogers, Coach Rogers knows football like as well, especially defensive football, as well as uh, as, as thorough as coaches I've ever been around. And for him to say that about Bacchus, you know, he, he, he must be true. So um, yeah. that's an that's a great uh, asset to have. Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. Let's move on and talk about the playoff bracket a little bit. Let's do it. So let's see if I can share. How'd your picks uh, shape up? Uh, I didn't, you know what? I didn't even do a, a bracket like you guys. So how about yours? I see Chad was perfect. Of course. Chad was I never saw Chad's prior, so I can't speak for that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Chad Chad watches stuff just like we do, so I'm sure he was dialed in. Yeah, mine, I was I was shocked and a little bit proud, and I didn't want to pick them. Uh, I didn't want to pick North Dakota, so I picked Missouri State, and I was honestly stunned that they laid the kind of egg that they did. But North Dakota's a good squad, right? I didn't want to take anything away from them. Uh, yep. I had Delaware doing far better than than they were going to do, than they ended up doing against Sacred Heart. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Kyle, let's go back and just talk about that North Dakota, Missouri state game really quick. Yeah. Um, for those that, for those that haven't seen the score yet, it ended up being 44 to 10 North Dakota over Missouri state, two Valley schools that played in the first round. And that only happened because they didn't play in the regular season. Uh, their, their regular season game was canceled, I believe due to uh, the COVID issues in the UND program. And so UND again is just a different animal up there in the Laris center up in Grand Forks, um, jumped out early on him. Otis Wea, uh, who finished, you know, all Valley. Wouldn't even talk about our all Valley guys, man. Uh, yeah. We'll oh, cover that. We'll cover yeah. it after SIU. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just Missouri state just had no answer. Um, nice season for them. Uh, still a long ways to go. You know, I think that's, that's what they can take away from that. So, um, did you catch any of that game at all? Uh, I, uh, flicked it over to that channel and they were so far ahead that I wanted to get to the, uh, the Weber Southern Illinois game. Sure. Sure. All right. Let's jump ahead. Then uh, James Madison versus VMI uh, much closer game than a lot of people expected. I think mm -hmm. Brendan though picked VMI for his upset game uh, over James Madison. He was almost correct. So mm -hmm. good job. Uh, good job, Brendan on that. Um, James Madison, right. Had to kind of stiffen up right at the end. Uh, I, I thought VMI had an onside kick. Is that the right game? Uh, I don't. I don't really know, so I'm not going to speak out of turn. But I do know James Madison seemed to have that game in in pretty good control up until late. VMI made a push. Um, I know they were up by about 21 at one point. Had a 99 yard touchdown run. Um, there was an onside uh, kick scenario. I want to say it was in Sam Houston, Monmouth. Okay. Um, if that if that memory serves me right, I I watched the Monmouth game because it was prior to our game, okay. uh, the Monmouth Sam Houston, and I was baffled at uh, Sam Houston was up twenty one points in the fourth quarter, twenty one zip, and just this furious comeback by Monmouth, uh, mm. and then they had the ball with two minutes left, all their timeouts. Sam Houston what hadn't stopped really much of anything in the in the fourth quarter, and uh, they rolled in and. Uh, got it all the way into the red zone and just didn't have enough of a playbook, I would say, to, to hmm. stop it. So that'll be interesting, this North Dakota State matchup, because I think Sam Houston had some humble pie. Um, not that they were feeling themselves, but I think they were – they had a come-to-Jesus moment. And then North Dakota <laughs> State did, obviously, last week, and they hammered Eastern Washington. Did you catch any of that? So, yeah, I just, uh, you know, that's a game that I was following pretty closely because Eastern Washington was up 14-0 and then 20-7. to And then by the time they got into halftime, it was 21-20. Yeah. And US or NDSU scored the last 20, 21 points of that, or 35 points of that game. They went on a 35-0 run. Um, 
And it sounds like a classic NDSU game where they just took the air out of the football and ran it 60 times. And if you're Eastern Washington and you get in that situation with empty possessions, we've been there before and, and they just beat the piss out of you. And it, uh, your offense can't get in a rhythm cause they're going three and out. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's one of those things that it's just, uh, can be a mess. <laughs> it's not fun when that happens. So, yeah. And then when you're in the, those situations and you can't, materialize much offensively you put your defense at a big disadvantage which is kind of what happened to us historically in those moments because you know you can't get a quick three and out and then expect your guys to tackle you know Lipke with 26 consecutive runs yeah him and Ganella, they're gonna wear you down yeah so Sam Houston's offense you know they can't I, I don't know they're Sam Houston's defense is supposedly better this year which they held Monmouth to 15 points, but they cannot. <laughs> Sam Houston just can't have empty possessions. They got to get points. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a basketball cliche, um, but it's going to carry over in this game because if they do, NDSU will just wear them down. And I don't know. I'm, that's where I'm at with that. I, I'm going to look forward to North Dakota State not playing at home. I, I went back mm-hmm. and I looked at their schedule, and it just seems like they get – a slightly disproportionate number of home games. I'm not even talking playoffs. Yeah. It's like for them, I why did they even host? I don't, I don't, I thought that's trash. Like, you know, two loss team hosting. I, I don't know, man. I mean, they were, going, they were an approved site. A, a approved site. They're going off historical record, man. <laughs> and it's just like the, the Craig Haley situations of the world, which, you know, Craig obviously does a good job covering, but, you know, you can't just go based on historical data. One season does not affect the other season unless they're returning all the same players exactly, right? So it's just it's just silly. It's sloppy. Um, but, you know, they took care of business, so hats off to them. Um, I'm going to look forward to them playing in Houston, in Huntsville. Yeah. It'll be nice. There we go. Um, all right, let's flip over to the other side of the bracket. Uh, Delaware and Sacred Heart. This ended up being a pretty darn good game. Yeah, athletes, man. There's a lot of athletes on that field. Uh, Delaware looks like... You know, everyone on their roster could be a linebacker and is a creative player <laughs> in yeah. a, former NCAA football games, just jacked their strength and conditioning departments doing a great job. Um, point of note that that integrates both Sam Houston and Delaware. Casey Keeler, the head coach at Sam Houston, used to be the head coach at Delaware. Um, when, I, when I played for South Dakota State and we went out to Newark, uh, he was the head coach. So won a, won a national title with them. Um, storied coach at the FCS level and, and is, is quite a coach. So that's great. But also the, the Delaware blue hens look well coached uh, on defense, pretty sound ball, you know, not going to make mistakes. And did you see the end where kind of the end of that game? Yeah. Yep. Caught the end of that. Yeah. Uh, I really, I was really impressed. They're running back. He looks sacred like heart or yeah. Delaware. 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 Yeah. yeah. Delaware's got a player. Uh, sacred heart had one too. I mean, uh, I, I personally think that, uh, jo- is that where Jordan actually came that's from? Where Jordan, right? Yep. That's yeah. where Jordan came from. Yep. So Jordan, I think could start at a majority of programs in the FCS. Right. And just seeing what that running back was able to do, I understand such a full room and why they might've wanted to go that route as a poor, as opposed to Jordan, um, you know, this stage in his career. So, uh, yep. just a bunch of athletes all the way around. I'm glad we have Jordan, uh, cause he got, he did some nice things too on Saturday. Yeah. The other game in that uh, cluster of the brackets, um, Jacksonville State 49, Davidson 14. Uh, my prediction of a Davidson upset did not happen. Uh, <laughs> Jacksonville State jumped all over them and uh, did not let up. That was the one – that was probably the, I don't know, biggest blowout of the day, right? So, yeah. Outside of ours, um, you yeah. know, we had we we had the second biggest margin, I think, of victory, which yeah. – we, you better take – actually, no. Uh, North Dakota had the biggest blowout. That's true. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, all right, so let's move into our bracket now. So uh, Southern Illinois uh, topped Weber State in a really good game, really entertaining game, uh, back and forth, uh, turnovers, some highlight plays, um, a lot of fun there. So 34-31 on Weber State's home field. Um uh, which Ogden, Utah looks beautiful, by the way. I want to go there. 
Have you ever been? I've not. Um, I love Utah, though. Just Utah, that whole southwest region and with all the mountains and stuff like that. Just gorgeous. Very scenic. Yeah. So, you know, I had said um, last week I was looking forward to playing Weber State. Um, That um, was a team that I named last May when we did our, our Megapod. Yeah. Uh, that I was just, I just wanted to play just because again, they're like another top level program. Uh, that's, it's kind of newer to the FCS, um, perennial powerhouses or whatever, however you want to call it. Um, and I just wanted to play them. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine playing Southern Illinois. Uh, I, I've been pretty complimentary about them this spring and how they finished the year and we're looking for games. I like Nick Hill, um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to play Weber state just for something different. So, yeah, yeah. what did you think of that game? Did you watch any of it? I did. I thought it was just wild, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, so, uh, like, especially the last little bit. So I saw, <clears throat> I can't remember what the score was at the time, but I saw Southern Illinois, <clears throat> excuse me, Southern Illinois faked a field goal through a field goal pass, direct snap to the kicker, kicker th- throws it out there to the, the uh, the Southern Illinois player just standing right in the end zone. Um, you know, obviously a great, great design because they saw something on film they could exploit. They went to it. Nick Hill, obviously wheeling and dealing, um, not afraid to go all in with chips on the table. Uh, I really like Nick Hill. I think, uh, you know, he, he seems like just a dude you'd want to just hang out with at the, you know, local dive and just talk ball and life. Um, I've been complimentary about them as well. They got some athletes that are really legit, right? Um, you know, Justin Strong's a good player. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it was kind of a a battle of King of of the Hills on Saturday because Jay Hill is a heck of a coach too for Weber. Um, I personally wanted to see Weber, not, but I I don't really care who we play, to be honest. I think if Jack, the Jacks do what they're supposed to do and take care of business, um, they're, they're, they're their biggest enemy, right? Like we saw what happened at North Dakota when we don't take care of business, right? So mm-hmm. I don't really care personally who, who we play, but I would say that I like playing new teams because then you get film on them mm-hmm. and you get to see what you've done to try to attack them. And then you never know when they're going to rear their head one, two, three years down the line where yep. you can then go back into that film. So that's my only take on that. Yeah. So let's go ahead and jump into Southern Illinois and uh... – kind of look at talk about them a little bit and it feels like it hasn't been that long since we played them um but their offense right now you mentioned justin strong who was third on the depth chart from their running back room and um javon williams jr though suffered a concussion in the c-law game their last regular season win uh did not play against weber state and ramir elliott their second string running back is nursing a bad hammy right now he did play against weber um, but wasn't quite as explosive as maybe we'd seen earlier in the season. Um, you still saw in this matchup. Oh, and then the other thing, they appear that they've settled on a quarterback and yeah. that Stone Labanowitz is their guy. Uh, Corey Lyles has not played since his game against us when he came in in relief of, of Stone. Uh, Nick Baker, their, their freshman quarterback who was having a really nice or sophomore quarterback, a really nice season. Uh, he is out. Um, I believe you hurt his foot against us or the week before. Uh, I forget, uh, but he has not played. Yeah, you and I, and hasn't played since. He's out for the season. Um, The SIU defense, though, I do want to talk about this quick. They've struggled since their game with us. Going into the game with us, the talk is that their defense was pretty strong. And I even – I have a lot of respect for this defense. There are good players at every level. I truly believe that. Uh, defensive line, you know, they have uh, uh, some good players. The linebackers, they have Bryson Strong, um, who I think is a really talented player. In the secondary, they have uh, Qua Brown. Um, again, a really good player. <laughs> but they just aren't putting it together right now. I don't know what's going on, but just some numbers for you here, Kyle. So since our game, they've given up 148 yards per game on the ground. Through the air, they've given up 306 yards per game through the air. And then points, again, it's three games, but 36.3 points per game is what their defense is allowing right now. 
I don't know what's going on. Again, they're filled with good players. That that defense is good, but they're not they're not doing it right now. I don't know what's going on for sure. But offensively, they still have Yeah. Offensively, offensively, they're lighting it up through through the air. Predominantly, Stone had success um, this weekend, uh, particularly um, throwing to uh, Avante Cox quite a bit. Six receptions, 120 yards, one touchdown. You know, um, he was was really efficient. 21 of 34, 264 yards, and a couple of touchdowns. Uh, through the air as well. So, I mean, there, it looks like they're going through the air. As far as defense, you touching on that, I think that <clears throat> that's a product largely of who they played in the final the final regular season game, C-Lot, you know, big scoring offenses down south down here um, and, you know, putting a lot of stress. That was like optional defensive uh, play <laughs> that day, I think, you know. <laughs> And you know, I want to tip the cap to both both squads there for one arranging that game, and then two managing their rosters, right? Because I know we dealt with the injury bug at quarterback um, last year in 2019, I should say, and and that's that can be crippling. And for Southern Illinois to battle back and do what they've done, um, going deep into their bench, not that Stone hasn't had experience, right? But um, he's a crafty player. I I enjoy mm -hmm. watching him. He has some fire in him. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he uh, it was interesting to watch how he celebrated. Uh, he's got some piss and vinegar, I would say, uh, in <laughs> how he celebrated the victory. Um, definitely has a lot of swagger. Um, but you know, we're gonna have to show up and bring our lunch pail. I don't think that this is gonna be, you know, we're in the playoffs. You said it early mm -hmm. uh, in our, our pre show discussion. You know, everyone's good here, everyone's on big scholarships or you know, is fighting tooth and nail to to secure a full scholarship and everyone's got their guys who are the best on the high school teams across the country. So we're going to need to bring it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we, we mentioned all the running backs you mentioned uh, Avante Cox, who's a heck of a player. Um, you know, they, they still have Landon Lenore, who's a big bodied receiver, tough yep. matchup. And then they've kind of found a third wheel here. Uh, Aaron or Rollins is his last name. Uh, not our AR, but a different uh, Rollins. So, um, good player. And again, so they have weapons. And if their offensive line gives the some time, he can make the throws. Uh, we do know he's a risk taker. He's got a little Brett Favre in him where he likes to, uh, to make those big plays. Um, kind of a boomer bust at some points, but he is a fun player to watch. He's entertaining and they can run the ball. That big offensive line that they have, um, you know, we, we have to be ready. They're yeah. going to be angry about what we did to them at their home. And uh, we need to be ready from the jump because um, they're going to bring a lot of emotion right away. You know yeah. that. So, couple couple notes on that too would be to <clears throat> eliminate all variables we can. I would practice later in the day. The game is 8 p.m., right? So you need to adjust your your biological rhythms to the time frame that you need to peak. So I would practice at 8 p.m. every night this week. I would practice mm -hmm. late, and I'll make sure these guys are getting their sleep that they need to during the day. Um, hopefully, they're hopefully they're doing virtual classes so that they can kick their feet up while they're doing their math. Um, mm -hmm. But you know that will eliminate any um, shock to the system. I see you trying to yawn there. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that will eliminate any shock to the system and tiredness, right? Any lag, any you know. Hopefully. Hopefully there's a little jet lag for SIU because it's a heck of a trek, you know, to go from Ogden to Carbondale to Brookings. So that that's a benefit mm -hmm. of home field. And I love that we're going to be in primetime, Matt. If mm -hmm. you're going if you have an opportunity to get to Brookings for primetime ESPN2 national coverage, man, that, if that doesn't get you juiced, especially to have 50% capacity, man, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am pumped. Uh I think it's gonna be a fun atmosphere. Uh, I, I like night games personally anyways, Me too. Uh, just the atmosphere. I don't necessarily love the the drive home afterwards, but there's just something cool about playing under the lights. Um, and that's, that's where I feel like, you know, Friday night lights, like that's where it all starts, right? Your, your high school ball um, playing under the lights. So I, I'm just excited for it. I really hope our fans show out. I uh, hope the students show up and make some noise. They were great yesterday. Um, 
I don't know. It's going to be good weather. So get there. Tickets, tickets. If, uh, if you have season tickets, uh, no matter if you got them this spring uh, or are just a regular fall season ticket holder, you can purchase them tomorrow starting at 7 a.m. Uh, I believe um, if you had spring season tickets, you could have bought them today. But anyway, 7 a.m. tomorrow, go get them. And then uh, it opens up to general public on Thursday. Uh, so go get your tickets. I mean, our stadium, you know, is going to be able to hold 9,000-ish people for this game. So show up. This is going to be fun. Oh, um, no doubt. Yeah. Let's do some predictions. This is, this feels so crazy because this it's we always do predictions on Sunday, but I just it feels weird right now. I predict the Valley will get 10 teams in next fall. <laughs> oh, 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 sorry. You meant predictions for the game. I, yeah, I thought I, because we have four out of eight playing in, in the in the playoffs still in the quarters, you'd think that uh, it's the Missouri Valley Invitational, like Zimmer said. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> man, so I I'm going with a much tighter game. Um, yeah. I'm going 27 to 21, something like that, maybe 24, 27, 21. Like I again, I just think we in that first matchup, things really snowballed on SIU and they're a good team. Like I, I, I can't stress that enough. So. Yeah. I don't think we're 41 points better than them by any stretch no. of the imagination. And uh, you play 10 times. I think that probably the margin of victory is, you know, maybe in the 10 point region for either way. It could go either way. You know, you don't bring your, your lunch pail in the Valley. You're going to get eaten up, you know? So um, I would say <clears throat> I'm going to go 24, 17, uh, good guys. And then I'm going to say, I'm going to do this. I, I'm going to say that SIU tries uh, to tack us through the air quite a bit um, mm -hmm. because they've had success through the air. I think they're going to think they can go to the well after seeing some things on film that they want to try to exploit. Nick Hill, obviously being a quarterback, former quarterback himself, He's gonna have uh, he's gonna have some some tools in the kit. Um, I think that we're gonna try to do what we do best, which is establish the run game, be bullies on the offensive line, <laughs> continue to do what we do. But don't don't think for a minute that Coach Eck isn't gonna have some wrinkles as well. So yep. I think the defense, especially the secondary on our our part, is probably gonna be flying around like mad, trying to you know, shore up some of the things that they know they can. So hopefully we're, we continue that trajectory to peak on a nice J curve. Yeah. Hey, I'm going with, uh, for my defensive player of the week, I'm glad you mentioned the secondary. I'm going with Don Gardner. Nice. Uh, I mean, I just think, you know, when Labanowitz gets in some trouble, uh, he does like to throw it to Cox. Uh, I think Don's going to be on Cox, uh, this Avante and, uh, you know, Sometimes Lebanowitz puts it in weird spots, and I think Don's going to come down with one of them. So uh, offensively, I uh, I'm going with Pierre. He didn't get to play in that first matchup, so I, I think they're going to have just a different feel. Obviously, it's one thing to have Isaiah coming downhill and smacking you, um, but Pierre with that shiftiness that you talked about, mm. um, that agility, I think that's just a different feel. That uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to go – I would go with Pierre, but uh, I'm going to go with Jackson because I think that he was uh, a little frustrated that he couldn't go off like he's accustomed to going off mm -hmm. uh, in the first matchup because, honestly, we didn't need to. We started We started to look like, hey, we're going to attack him through the air, specifically in the first matchup when Canyon Bauer caught the opening drive touchdown, got mm -hmm. called back. We ended up trying to kick it, got that blocked. So there were a lot of things that people who didn't show up, didn't look at the box score of the first game. You start, you look at that first quarter, you go, oh man, this team won by 41 points. I mean, or 38 points, something like that. No, 41 yeah. points. You go, wow, I wouldn't have expected that. So, you know, you got to gotta tip your cap to, uh, to that showing, flush that. Now understand that, you know, we're going to try to, I think, attack them through the air as well. And hopefully Jackson can go off. Yeah. All right. Defensively, defensively, oh, real sorry. quick. I would. I'm. No, you're good. I would say uh, I'm going to keep an eye on Caleb Sanders. Hey, I like the team game. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's just go through this really quick. Uh, awards. We had a number of guys make the award squad. Um, 
you mentioned a little bit how Gronowski uh, swept uh, basically the awards that he was up for. Newcomer of the year, freshman of the year, offensive player of the year. And he was the first team quarterback. So that's pretty cool. Uh, joining him on the first team was Pierre Strong at running back, Zach Hines at tight end, Garrett Greenfield at right tackle, and then Mason McCormick was second team. Wes Gannant was honorable mention. Then we flip over to the defense. Caleb Sanders, Logan Backus, and Don Gardner were all first team. Uh, pretty great. And then uh, Jackson Yankee was uh, second team as well, um, which I, I thought was interesting, um, considering statistically uh, he was better than Christian Watson, but that's not Christian Watson's fault, I don't think. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I think the voters knew that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Christian Watson is uh, – I, I personally think he's got a shot at the NFL right up, right out the gate. I mean, if he's not drafted because he's just got that burst and he runs runs really well, but so does Jackson. I mean, I, I love yeah. what we have on the table with both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Also on the honorable mention, uh, Isaiah Davis and Cole Fromm. Davis was also named to the newcomer team, as was Adam Bach. And so uh, really, really a strong showing from our boys there. And did you so, say Wes Gannant? I, don't, I didn't. Yep, 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 yep. He was honorable mention at center. Nice. Yep, so. And we also, um, you know, want to give – I want to give credit personally too because I, I didn't see it. I know you've been high on, on him, and uh, I've started to see his evolution, and I've been really, like, excited what we've got. Um, but uh, – Greenfield has got an opportunity at the NFL if he continues to improve with his length and his frame and just his, his ability to finish. If he can continue to finish more and more nasty, if you can combine how Mason finishes blocks mm-hmm. with Greenfield, I think, whew, you know, and Aaron Johnson out there is just having a steady, quiet year, right? I mean, unbelievable. I was, sh- I was shocked yeah. he wasn't on a list. Yeah, I mean I- – I don't think Aaron Johnson's name has been mentioned in a broadcast all season. No. And, and he's just consistent. He's just been consistent, you know? <laughs> and and from your left tackle to, to completely forget about who your left tackle is. With a freshman like, quarterback. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I I was just shocked he wasn't on a list. Well, um, we brought him up here. He's on the split yeah. hairs all-conference team. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go, want to give a shout-out to our softball team uh, who clinched the, the uh, summit league regular season championship today. Uh, They took three out of four from USD USD and yesterday's opener did snap their 16 game win streak. Uh, But then we uh, buried them the three games after that. So that was pretty cool. Also the baseball's team, uh, I believe split with NDSU. I want to say that's correct. Yep. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, golf, uh, the Summit League golf tournament's going on right now. And our senior, Teresa Toscano, right now is in first place. Um, so that's pretty awesome. She won a whole boatload of tournaments this spring. And uh, the team is in second place overall for the conference. Um, so that's pretty cool. Nice. So good good on uh, Teresa and good on her teammates. Um, yeah, what a fun time. Track and field performed really well down at the Drake Relays. Uh, so that was good to see because, you know, that's a premier event in the Midwest here. So, yeah. All right. What else, Kyle? <laughs> see, trying to think if we covered everything. Seems, seems like we have. The the weather should be 60-ish, 50s, high 50s maybe. You know how it is in South Dakota. can change on a dime. Um, just I would say prepare accordingly and understand that this is uh, – something that you can do with your time, with your, your resources to honor the Jacks, man, go, go out. It's uh 50% capacity. So it'll be nice. You get some space and you can be loud, be loud, get yep. caught on ESPN, um, make a family trip out of it with your kids, lifetime of memories. You know, there's, there's kids who still talk about, you know, when they saw Zach Zenner play and when they saw, you know, all, Austin Sumner and Taryn Christian, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other stuff to watch this week is the draft. Obviously, you know, there's there's 10 Missouri Valley guy, guys with ties that could be drafted. Uh, Cade Johnson uh, is, start, is, you know, he was in the set, the third round of Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's draft. I believe uh, Matt Miller's had him in the third round at times. So end of day two, early day three or night three, 
start looking for Cade. So either Friday night or Saturday morning, uh, Cade's going to get drafted, and that's pretty cool. So. Absolutely, I I guarantee you he gets picked up just because he's he's got so much value add um, in two phases of the game, right? Special teams and I'm sure you and Ben talked about it um, mm-hmm. at, at nauseum. I I've listened to a lot of it. Um, and then the other thing I would say is, um, oh, all games are going to be on Sunday. I don't know if anybody saw mm-hmm. that, but all the games are going to be on Sunday. So if you if you try to check your your stations and you're like, what the heck? They're all on Sunday. So yep. if you go to church, get to church, say your prayers for the Jacks because it's going to be a battle. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for following, for the comments. I uh, have really appreciated the interaction this week. Uh, like the the guy that yelled at me at the at the game yesterday that said Bacchus isn't any good, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was pretty funny. Um, appreciate awesome. you guys interacting with us. So um, thank you. Go big. Go blue. Go Jacks. Go Jacks. <laughs>